This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One of the most bizarre Eagles seasons in recent memory continues to just befuddle the mind. Uh, the Eagles beat the Giants last night on Monday Night Football 23-17 to in comeback fashion in overtime. 20 unanswered points after being down 17-3 to at halftime. Zach Ertz, two touchdown passes from Carson Wentz. The game-tying and game-winning scores. The Hall of Famer Ray Dininger is here to break down this really unusual Eagles win. Uh, Ray, I think the story of the game is how Carson Wentz was able to lead the Eagles back and, and really with a, a, a lot of backup players, some guys that were on the practice squad earlier this season. What do you think the story of the game was? Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think you put your finger on it. Um, there were a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the players that uh, sort of quote unquote stepped up in in big spots. I mean, guys that were practice squad guys, guys that were fringe guys. Uh, you got tremendous contributions. You know, Josh Perkins comes out of nowhere, makes five big catches. You get J.J. Orsega-Whiteside finally gets to play, makes a really big catch in a big spot for you. Boston Scott, a little running back, comes in. And really is kind of the, I think he's kind of the spark that got you going in the second half. He played well. Even Sidney Jones, who's who's a guy that has been, and has been criticized, and, and justly so. I mean, he's played terrible and had been as buried as you can be on a team without being cut comes in and they have to use him in the in the fourth quarter and on a big third down play jumps in and makes a great break pass breakup. Uh so he contributed. Vinnie Curry came off the bench when uh, you know Derek Barnett couldn't play. Vinnie Curry came in and played his best game in years. So all of that's true. Uh and you know Doug Peterson made the point when he talked about this being a complete team win. It was. But to me, yeah, I kind of, my takeaway was the same as yours. Uh, it was Carson Wentz. I, I I just thought it on a night when you know, everything was going wrong, and you were two touchdowns down, and the crowd was booing, and it was raining, and it was miserable, and it would have been just sort of easy to just kind of fold up and go home. You know, Carson Wentz sort of grabbed this team by the back of the neck and dragged it over the finish line, and that's, you know, that's what great quarterbacks do. That's what franchise quarterbacks do. They you provide that kind of leadership and find a way to win, and Carson Wentz did that last night, and the Eagles live on. He did, and they do. Uh, what? Did, what? When? When you you know look at what happened, and you break down the X's and O's, what did the Eagles do differently in the second half that they were able to really shut the Giants out, shut them down, and get some things going offensively? Well, um, they did something in the second half. They did something that I thought they probably should have done earlier, which is uh, play uh, at what they call tempo pace, not necessarily full no huddle but just move a lot quicker. Um, I just thought that that was something I would have tried to do with the Giants from early in the game. And maybe the weather had something to do with it. But one of the things about the Giants is the Giants are playing a ton of young players. I mean, they got a lot of rookies, a lot of second-year guys out there. And they frankly, a lot of them just don't know what they're doing. They're out of position. They're confused. And I think if you pick up the pace of the game offensively, if you run plays faster – it makes it harder for for those young players to react to know exactly where they are in the lineup. I think they become, I think they become more confused and more vulnerable. And 
you know, the first half, the Eagles played at a methodical pace, and I think that helped the Giants. In the second half, when the Eagles picked up the pace and moved faster, you saw the Giants began breaking down. They were making more mistakes, and the Eagles were making more plays. So I think that was a tactical adjustment that the coaching staff made at halftime that really helped them in the second half. And it also allowed Carson Wentz, I think, to finally find a rhythm, which he clearly didn't have in the first half. Uh, so that was a big part, which is just the moving at a tempo speed. And then the other part of it was they just really kind of let Carson Wentz get outside the pocket and run around, and, and he looked a lot more comfortable doing that than he was just standing in the pocket the way he had been for the last few weeks and um, just getting hit and having the pressure and uh, the walls collapse around him. You know, when you get, let him get out there and run and get out on the edges where he's got more room and he has the option of running or passing, uh, he throws very well on the run. And I think he's a lot more comfortable, to be honest with you, throwing on the run. And in the second half, they allowed him to kind of freewheel a little bit, and that's and that he made a few plays, and he got more confident, and he sort of picked up his whole game. So I think that was it. I think moving faster and playing kind of a modified no huddle helped them. And then I think giving Carson Wentz the, the freedom to get outside and kind of freewheel a little bit, that helped him really find his game. Do you think that they were restricting him in that aspect, Ray, throughout the season, not letting him move outside the pocket, pass pass outside the pocket, play with that freestyle that you mentioned? Were the Eagles holding him back and wanting him to become more of a pocket pass, passer this season? Yeah, I think they have, sure. I, I think that's been um, something that they've been stressing from a coaching standpoint all year because there's... I understand it. I mean, I, you know, you've got a quarterback here that's uh, your franchise quarterback, and you've made a huge investment in him, uh, and he's had an injury history. Uh, and so I think the coaches kind of want him, no, don't take unnecessary risks. Don't run around. Don't take any more hits than you need to take. We'll try and play from the pocket. You've got a good offensive line. You can get protection. Stay in there. Um, and, I mean, in theory it makes sense. But, I, you know, I think you've seen from Carson Wentz in, in 2017 when he was really good, I mean, a lot of his best plays were just kind of scrambling plays and kind of outside-the-pocket plays. I mean, he throws really well on the run. Uh, he sees the field really well on the run. And I, and I don't think he's reckless. You know, I don't think he puts himself at great risk out there. Um, to me, he takes, he takes bigger hits and more unprotected hits when you're standing in the pocket flat-footed. I think a quarterback can protect himself even better, and the rules allow you to protect yourself even better when you're outside. If you want to run, just, you know, just run and slide and, and let the rules protect you there and if you get outside and there's nobody to throw it to, just throw it out of bounds. I mean, I I just thought that he was trying to play in the pocket, and in a, over the last month or so, the pass protection hadn't been that good, uh, and he was under a lot of pressure. He was taking hits. He had guys you know, right in his face. He had guys right around his feet, and he couldn't step into throws. And when we talked about the fact that his mechanics had suffered, which they clearly had, um, I think a lot of it was he was just sort of standing in the middle of a burning building there way too often, throwing the ball 45 or 50 times. And last night, I think they gave him a little more freedom, they gave him a little more space, and he looked a lot more comfortable, and he was certainly more effective. So then going forward for these next three games, which the Eagles have to win to make the playoffs, um, is that the blueprint, that what they did in the second half? Is that the blueprint? Do you think that's what they should do against the Redskins, the Cowboys, and then obviously the Giants again? I certainly wouldn't restrict them. I, I certainly wouldn't take that away. I mean, last night was, <clears throat> I thought last night was, uh, I mean, you, and you just kind of saw it in his face, in his press conference, was this sense of enormous relief that he had, that they found a way to win that game. Because that was, 
Yeah, that was really an ugly first half. I mean, you know, you got booed off the field. You're down two touchdowns down to a bad Giants team. Uh, it, I mean, it just looks as bleak as bleak could be. Uh, and he really rallied. He, he he really rallied the team. I mean, Boston Scott, I think, kind of got he kind of lit the fire. But then I thought Carson Wentz really, really took it the next step. And um, you know, I, I felt happy for the guy because there had been a lot of people. Um, that were saying that this was something he couldn't do, that he wasn't a clutch guy, that he wasn't a fourth-quarter guy, you know, that he wasn't a guy that when you needed that drive in the fourth quarter, you needed that two-minute drive to take you down, that he wasn't a quarterback that was going to deliver that. Um, and the other thing that was said about him was, well, great quarterbacks elevate the people around them. They raise the level of the people around them. That's what great quarterbacks do. And people were saying that Wentz wasn't doing that. Well, he did all of that last night. I mean, if you look at what he was playing with in the fourth quarter and in overtime, you know, Lane Johnson's out there playing with Vitae. You know, Scott's a practice squad player. They're playing with him. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had hardly played at all. They're playing with him. they got Josh Perkins, who was a practice squad guy, playing. I mean, you look at the guys that were in the huddle with him in the, sec- in the second half and in overtime. I mean, a lot of them were practice squad guys, and they were fringe guys, and they were guys that you almost plucked off the bench. And that's who he was playing with. And yet, when your season kind of on the line, he made them an efficient offense where they had three long scoring drives and they dominated the second half. That's clearly an example of the quarterback raising the level of the guys around him. And having had as much of that said about him that he couldn't do it, I think going out and doing it last night was I mean, it was great for the fans, it was great for the team, but I think most of all, it was great for him. I agree, totally agree, Ray. And that leads to my final question. I'm going to follow up with, with this. So, Alshon Jeffrey... Who knows what's going to be up with him? That looked like a fairly significant foot injury. Lane Johnson uh, carted off as well with an ankle injury. Nelson Aguilar didn't play again because of his knee. Jordan Howard, who knows what's up with that shoulder stinger? So they could still be missing a fair number of regulars over these next three games. Is it sustainable to win these last three games if you are still playing with a Boston Scott, a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, a Greg Ward, a Josh Perkins, and, and, all, and all the different backups and former practice squad players that played last night? Well, given the schedule, yeah, you got a chance because you're playing. I mean, you know what you're playing. You're not playing any more winning teams. you got the Giants one more time. you got the Redskins, who actually the last few weeks have been showing some signs of life, but they're still the Redskins. Uh, and then you got the big game against the Cowboys. So, um, I mean, it's not going to be easy, but nothing's been easy to this point. But uh, I mean, if they're capable of winning with those guys the way they won last night, yeah, they could do it again. Um, and, and a lot of it's going to come back to how well the quarterback plays. And last night, I just think from a psychological standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, uh, I thought that was a, it was a big win for everybody, but I, it was no bigger than for anybody than it was for Carson Wentz. Totally, totally. Good for him. Well, Ray, uh, next up are the Redskins on the road. Uh, Eagles got to win again. It's, it's a must-win situation. Look forward to previewing that game with you Friday morning. Thanks for the time, as always. Hey, my pleasure, David. Talk to you Friday. Talk to you Friday, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 